welcome to the What If Movie Podcast, the movie podcast that simply asks, what if? My name is Josh. My name is Bryce. And my name is Hannah. You might know us. Unless this is your first time. Yeah, In which case, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for for stopping by. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about... Uh, Frankenstein, Hannah. What's what's the question we're we're asking about Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about what if we made a good Frankenstein movie, or or maybe just a new Frankenstein movie. Uh, I mean, yeah. I hope no Hopefully matter what would we'd be set out to make a good one. I would yeah. hope so. Can we just right off the bat? Can we all agree that we'll, to some extent, allow each other to use Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster interchangeably? Yes. Okay. I think if we're talking about the doctor, we need to specify Dr. Frankenstein Right, there will be Victor. times when the distinction's important, yeah. but just because I know, people will be upset. You guys said we Frankenstein. We know the difference, okay? Yes, we get it. But just, We've read the book. Right, but we may <laughs> use them interchangeably, so Dr. Frankenstein's monster may occasionally be referred to as Frankenstein. I think that's fair. Because the question was, what if we made a good Frankenstein movie? So I guess. <laughs> well, true. I guess, Josh, you're the English teacher. Do you consent to this? Well, I was going to say you guys may do that, but I will not. I think I'll, I, I'll see what happens because I'm sort of a stickler too, but I'll, uh, I'll see what happens. I'll see what comes out of my mouth. All right. But um, kind of what inspired me to ask this question is silly. Um, but we were watching Van Helsing, which is not a good movie, but... The 2004 Hugh Jackman yes. Van Helsing. Is, are there more? Oh, well, there's a show now, a Van Helsing uh, show. Yeah, the movie. The movie yes, the one. feature-length motion picture. Right. So we were watching Van the Helsing, talkie. which... The, the talkie. talkie. Yeah. Which arguably just isn't super great, but their portrayal of Frankenstein's monster is pretty darn cool. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just kind of an interesting... And more faithful to the novel representation than we normally see in in film and media. And so not that we need, not that like I want to make a movie that is the book. Right. But it just kind of got me thinking, what if we like made a good one? Because the only good Frankenstein movie I can actually think of is Young Frankenstein, which is funny. It's not really like a, I don't know, it's kind of hard to take it seriously because you're not supposed to. It's a Mel Brooks movie. Right. But. Although, if I'm not mistaken, the same person depicted Frankenstein's monster in both movies. I think they were both Shuler Hensley. I believe so. Um, Wait, you're talking about in Young Frankenstein? And Van Helsing. No, Young Frankenstein was uh, Peter something or other that was in Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Peter Boyle. What am I thinking of then? Because there was, I was pretty sure that this was not Shuler Hensley, that Van Helsing was not Shuler Hensley's only depiction of. Well, he might have been another Frankenstein, yeah. In the Broadway Um, production, he was the monster. Okay. There we go. I did not see the Broadway production, but maybe that's what I remember reading. Of Van Helsing? There's a Broadway? No, I think the Broadway production of of Young Frankenstein. (laughs) Van Helsing did not make it to Broadway. I was really going to be super disappointed in Broadway if that <laughs> well, was Well, I mean, case. Hugh Jackman's, you know, he's a Broadway performer and he was in Van Helsing, so yeah. there's, a, there's a crossover yeah, there. that's about it. That's Another about crossover is that uh, Schuler Hensley also played Javert in Les Miserables' stage production on Broadway. Wow. Oh, there you go. Alrighty. But anyway, that's what kind of inspired the question. Um, 
And I don't know, I just thought it's kind of timely. We're getting close to Halloween-y time. And I thought it would be kind of fun to fun to explore a little bit. What would we what would we do if we made a Frankenstein movie? This may be the first what if movie pod in which we're not our discussion is not rotating around a particular movie. I think it might be. Yeah. Although I thought that this question of what if we made a good Frankenstein movie, uh, when I first heard it, you know, thinking of, well, so none of the Frankenstein movies that are out there are good. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but. No, I I don't necessarily either, but I thought, I haven't really seen that many Frankenstein movies except for Young Frankenstein. So so, uh, earlier today, actually, I sat down and watched the 1931 Frankenstein that started it all. Uh, with Boris Karloff and actually yep. to be fair it did not start at all there was an Edison production 1910 um like what are they called in 1910 it's not a mo- I mean it's a movie it's a silent, moving silent picture film? but it, it's like got a special name like the type of device oh, that they sure. recorded but anyway it's only like 17 minutes long <laughs> but that was technically the first Frankenstein movie mm, fair there enough there you go yeah. but yes Boris Karloff's Frankenstein is certainly the most well thought of probably the most iconic yes yeah. i'm not even if i had done more research for this podcast i'd know like how many frankenstein movies there have been over the years quite a lot but I actually do not. quite a lot but none really recently the the last one that was kind of big as far as i saw was the uh kenneth brana version uh with robert de niro playing frankenstein's monster yeah there was also a frankenstein movie that came out Fairly recently, uh, with Aaron Eckhart playing the monster, I think he was playing the monster. It was, it was supposed to be part of uh, Universal's new movie monster uh, film series universe thing oh, that they yeah. were making with like Dracula and- Untold and all of that stuff. But all those movies were basically not good, so they didn't Flops. really uh, stick with that. I mean, it's good to know when to abandon ship, I guess. And Yeah, and I had been wondering if Universal, I assumed they had had plans for a Frankenstein movie as part of their uh, ill-conceived dark universe. <laughs> yeah. The best laid plans. Or poorly laid or, plans. Or poorly laid plans end up where you think they will. <laughs> but yeah, I... Uh, I, despite thinking of this question, like, struggled to come up with... with um, specific, <laughs> very clear <laughs> ideas. Um, so I guess I just kind of thought more in like broad strokes and maybe someone else can fill in some of the minute details. Thanks. <laughs> I'm helpful. Yeah, actually, so just, um, uh, sorry, doing some quick, uh, lookups of the, like, original Frankenstein movies, like, yeah, you've got the 1931 Frankenstein, but then who can forget the 1935 Bride of Frankenstein? Well, of course. Or the 1939 Son of Frankenstein, or the 1942 The Ghost of Frankenstein. It was, like, kind of a thing, though, like, that era, like, these horror movies were a big deal, like, you had, Mm -hmm. you know, Black Lagoon and Swamp Creature and, uh, the one with the giant ants and... Well, and that's exactly what Universal was trying to yeah. resurrect. Pun intended. <laughs> so what were some of these broad strokes that you were thinking of starting us off with? Okay, well, first of all, I think it can't be a horror movie. Like, it, I don't think it can be a scary movie. I mean, I guess mm. it could be scary, 
but not like this is a scary movie. I think it can't be a horror movie because I just don't know that there's actually enough meat there to make a solid movie. Like I, I just I don't know. Well, yeah, the, like, I feel like the idea, just the plain idea of Frankenstein itself, like the concept, almost isn't scary enough anymore. Like we're right. kind of in your we're kind of past that, right? It's like, oh, you know, okay, the person oh, sewed some bodies yeah, together, right. played it's God, fine. and brought them back to life. Wow, we are really callous. Right? Um, yeah. But yeah, you don't, if you wanted to make a horror movie, you'd really have to um, either double down on that or really take it a, a different direction. Right. Yeah. I, I think you'd have to. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it can be a horror movie because I think we're, we're too far past that being the spooky part. I think it can be an intense movie or a very, like drama filled movie mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it would have like scared jump scenes or gore or monster attacks or anything like I just think that would be a little trite at this point because clearly that's what's been done to Frankenstein throughout movie history is kind of the scary <laughs> yeah exactly so that was kind of my first thought I was like we'd have to just kind of make this not a, a horror movie um, and I think while I don't want to just recreate the book in movie form, I do think it's worthwhile to pull a little more strongly from the novel, perhaps. Okay. Um, in some thematic ways, more than anything. And not that this hasn't been done before, but um, I think the themes in in the novel that are really striking are kind of these creator-created... Um, I didn't ask to be created mm-hmm. kind of like like uh, Frankenstein's monster so the creature reads Paradise Lost and like kind of has these you know quotes from you know like I didn't I didn't ask for you to make me I didn't ask for you to put me here and yet I have to suffer with the choices you made for mm-hmm. me right so I think those are really interesting themes and and a huge theme in the novel too is kind of this like I'm I might be different, right? I might not be life in the sense that you think it should be. You might think I'm a monster, but I am alive. Mm-hmm. Don't I deserve respect, happiness, value? Um, and like Frankenstein's monster, he never finds that. Right. right. He's never allowed to be happy or to have any sort of value to life. And when he thinks he finds value, he's betrayed. People, you know, are scared of how he looks, and so it it never ends happy for him. And so I think those are interesting, especially now, maybe in kind of our current culture with immigration and mm-hmm. and asylum seekers and like all these kind of you know racial tension and all this kind of stuff. Like those might be interesting themes to kind of explore through this really old novel. You know, there might be a way to kind of bring this into modern life a little bit sure um because i think those themes are really like who gets to decide whose life has value right that's a big that's a big question Mm -hmm. who's in charge of deciding who gets to be happy right seek happiness but it's a question that like you said is relevant for i mean it's always relevant but maybe particularly relevant in some of our current uh, political discourse happening, but it's very much true to some of the original work's intentions. Yeah, so I, th- I think there's something there. 
um, you would need the right person to write it and direct it, I think, so that it doesn't end up being this like cheesy message movie. Because mm-hmm. um, it can't, it doesn't need to be preachy, right? Like you can't rely too heavily on those themes. Um, but I think there's room there to kind of get a cool movie, like you know this this intelligent creature, disfigured but struggling with with morality and struggling with with being alive and not asking for it and then being denied everything that would make life enjoyable and worth living where's the original frankenstein story set um kind of all like a like austria or or not austria but like that somewhere yeah Yeah. western europe yeah and then the end is in the north pole Really? Yeah, the movie, the book ends begins and ends kind of in the North Pole. Oh, I've never read the book. Turns yeah, out, yeah, really. The, the, the framing device is uh, <laughs> these letters, letters uh, by this captain who's seeking the North Pole, and so his storyline sort of mirrors uh, Doctor Frankenstein, who is who was seeking to glory. Yes, seeking to create something. They both had these these things that they were seeking. Well, I am uncultured swine and have not read the book. Sorry, dog is chewing on a bone. Can you take that to the other room, dear? No. Not bone time. Christmas. Go out to the living room. But I love you guys. She doesn't know this right. Nope. She's like, you're pointing? Mm -hmm. Are you going to throw something? Do you have food? We're probably going to have to close the door because she's going to come right back in. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Could you close the door? Pregnant lady, get up. Fine, I'll close the door. <laughs> Your chair wheels easier. Spousal dispute. <laughs> okay. Whew. But yes, Uncultured Swine, having not read the book. It's actually a really, really good novel. Oh, I'm sure it is. I think it's just one of those that have like happened to yeah. not have read. Um so yeah, like I said, I don't think we want to recreate the novel, and I think you could, mm-hmm. and probably make a pretty good movie, but I, I don't know if we want to. Sure. Well, um, some of the ideas you mentioned mesh well with some of the ideas right, I was thinking. Um, so I, I too really liked, the probably the only thing I liked about Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing movie was the depiction of Frankenstein yeah. in there, and I like it in there because you kind of do get that tragic figure across, you know, when he shouts, Why? Um, so yeah, I, I, so I kind of wanted to go off that, and I want to bring uh, Frankenstein to America. Perfect. In fact, and so yeah, just put this in an entirely new setting, and in fact, what I think I want to do is have kind of a Frankenstein Western mashup. Oh. So bring Frankenstein to America. Like the Old West? Yeah, like yeah. like, yep, that like the timeline Wild West. timeline would work out. Yeah, the timeline yeah. works out. We're bringing Frankenstein to America. I do want to, though, and I don't know necessarily how we do this as far in the... The movie magic of the movie, but whether it's like literally in a flashback or just kind of implied throughout the movie, I want part of Dr. Frankenstein's goal in creating this monster to actually create something that lacks some of the things that make men wicked. Like his oh, goal so is he's not trying ne- to create a good being. Yeah. So the goal is not necessarily I need to create something that has that which human beings have that have life. Like that's you know what he's doing. But the real goal is to make something that doesn't have this wickedness that seems to infect man. And so Frankenstein comes to America, 
I know why. Well, we'll fix that in the script. <laughs> fix but, that in post. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> but he comes, of course, first, uh, probably to one of the big eastern cities. Maybe New York. I think it'd be neat to choose a, a different city. We see enough, um, as far as depiction, well, we see enough of New York everywhere. But it'd be interesting to see a different city at this time. But, of course, in the city finds mostly the, the standard Frankenstein's <laughs> monster reception. And like, ah! Mommy, yeah, and he receives the advice, of course, that by going out west, a man can be free and won't sure. be judged by his appearance and can make his and can kind of make his future. And journeying to the west, so the, most of the movie will be his journey to and uh, going and uh, kind of life, not life, but I'd see this set over probably a span of weeks or months, but of going to the west and finding it more accepting of him, in, perhaps individually, but finding that these flaws of man that he's been created to be without are even greater there. And I think this is where we have the opportunity to explore some of the themes you talk about. So he finds that this um, not empty place of the West is really a a place that ends up uh, facilitating man's greed and does uh, bring up this question of, well, who's worthy of life? Because obviously at this point in American expansion, we have uh, really disgusting answers to these questions with uh, Americans, mostly white people's treatment of Native Americans and other people that they run into. And Frankenstein goes West thinking that he can uh, find this place where he'll be accepted, but finds this is just a different form of everything he's been kind of fleeing to an extent and the way that he navigates that as an individual who has no attachment to any nation or heritage i think could potentially be interesting yeah is there any continued contact between dr frankenstein and his creation in your universe you know that's not something i had thought about um because they in in the novel, and I think in a lot of movie depictions, there's kind of this like Frank and Doctor Frankenstein realizing, oh, I've made this mistake. I have to take this thing out, right? I have to sure. have to remove my creation from the world, and it causes most of the conflict in the story. You know, them kind of duking it out back and forth, because um, like the the creature does some he murders multiple people trying to get what he wants from Doctor Frankenstein. Yep. So like. But I like your your version of like this inherently good being. Yeah, and I and I and I specifically want to look at that. Yeah, again, and his actually lacking an aspect of humanity, and that what yeah. ma- that's what makes him, um, in at least a certain moral sense, better than the people around him. So maybe like maybe Doctor Frankenstein sends him to America, thinking it will be a more hospitable place maybe so yeah and so maybe we have some kind of background where yeah you have the persecution of frankenstein by angry villagers or whatnot yeah Yeah, but not that conflict between um dr frankenstein and frankenstein's monster and so yeah he does sends him off to america to lead a new life but part of our kind of tragic journey with frankenstein is finding that not only is this not a bright new pure world um but it in ways facilitates even more the the depravity of man and there will be, I don't know if it'll be throughout the movie, but there will be at least one scene of Frankenstein in a cowboy hat. I'm down. And I'm that's the movie there. poster. That's the poster. <laughs> I am curious. This raises for me an important question. What would the creature be called? What would his name be? Because it's a very important aspect of the novel that he's never given a name. Ah. He's, he's never called anything but it, the creature, the monster, mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, just just 
horrible things. And so what would, like, I'm coming to America, what's my name going to mm-hmm. be? What, what do you think you'd want to be oh, called? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you know, Adam would be an, uh, uh, yep, Adam would a be basic a, choice. Yep, maybe a little, the trope might <laughs> be a little nose. overdone. Yeah, a little on the nose, perhaps. Um, you know, and there's kind of that Western trope of the stranger who rolls into town. And so maybe you do leave him nameless uh, through the movie. Throughout the whole movie? Maybe. I'm wondering if maybe you can... Like, it's implied that he has a name and this is not problematic, but the audience never, never actually hears it. That would it. be kind of interesting. So, like, he uh, comes in through um, immigration, wouldn't be Ellis Island at this time, but through what that is, has to sign his name somewhere and does that, but the audience never actually sure. sees this. Um, and, and, you know, maybe there's some... Yeah, some high-minded implication in there. Or maybe it's just being uh, not even clever, but just cute for cute's sake. I mean, you can be cute if you want. Yeah. And at some point, there will be a, a school marm or some female settler in one of these western towns whose name is like Mary Shelton. Just as a little <laughs> a little, little throwaway, but as a little... And does he, the he tiniest homage. a little, little fling? No. No, no, no okay. I don't No love don't interest. So. No. Right. no. I'm just seeing where, where no, I'm absolutely. putting feelers out in absolutely. your world yeah, here. I'd keep, I... I'd keep poking at this. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I just see... And again, I don't think it's... The way it's envisioned right now, you know, it doesn't seem like the most subtle film to me. I don't think it can... I don't think any Frankenstein movie can be subtle, mm-hmm. really. So I think that's okay. Yeah. But I, I dig putting Frankenstein in kind of a new setting. Um, and, and like bringing him out of the villagers with pitchforks. Yeah. And, to, and the to the settlers with shotguns. Settlers with shotguns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I kind of like the idea of, for most of the movie, Frankenstein's monstrousness, like his physical appearance, the fact that he's, you know, made of bodies, um, being mostly unproblematic. Like, that might sure. um, come up subtly in the movie, or there would be kind of nods at it, you know, sometimes like, ugh. But for the most part, it is not driving any conflict yeah. in the movie. But that the real Well, it'll conflict... be hard to tell in a duster and a cowboy hat. Yeah, That's exactly. True. He can cover up. Yep, he's just, yeah. a, just a big dude. He's like eight feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I potentially... And you would see Frankenstein um, interact with different groups of people out here, of course. You know, with some of the settlers that he was probably intending to... Uh, go out with, but then probably some um, some encounters with Native American peoples as mm-hmm. well as well as other um, immigrant groups. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can just I, I don't know I I just like them and maybe I'm just like jazzed by the idea of this Frankenstein Western uh, mashup. Like um, but I feel like that vehicle might be a way to explore some of those ideas you talked about. Yeah, because like I said, I don't I don't think there's maybe a lot of value in just recreating the book. Right. I think it's probably been done in like some TV miniseries type things and I don't I think we can do better. But I like to keep the themes kind of this, you know, who has value, who gets to decide. Right. Um, and, if, and I think like if you make Frankenstein not the object yeah. of those questions, but him kind of the observer, observer. of or the, way the those, questioner. Yeah, know. or the yeah, or the one posing that question. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm out here, and why you know why is this question not being posed? You know, and that just being in this world that's supposed to be, and obviously like it's not the new world, um, well, you know, no, by the 1850s or whatnot, but in this place where men are supposed to be free and self determining, why can I still not find? Um, a place where anyone can come to terms with this question. Yeah. I I think it has some legs. 
Stumpy, stumpy <laughs> legs. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? You're oddly silent during my brilliant idea. Yeah, you know, I've been chewing it around while you're talking, and I'm not sure I am fully on board yet with a morally good Frankenstein's monster. Um, just because I think in the novel it uh, it reveals itself that although he seems like a monster, he turns out to be much more like man than man initially wanted him to be. Because mm-hmm. uh, both both Frankenstein and his monster uh, at some points in the novel turn to turn to vengeance against each other like Frankenstein's monster comes to uh, Frankenstein at one point and he's like hey this is everything that I've been up to for the past few years and I know how to read I you know I I can do these things and I kind of just want to have a spouse yeah. Uh, Give me a lady friend. Yeah, and and uh, it's it's Frankenstein, Doctor Frankenstein, who who while he's doing this, he's like, oh geez, do I really want you know to make another being like this? And it, it's that passing that judgment that we've talked about again. And while he's building her, he's he just decides no, and he just starts ripping up the body and chucks it, and Frankenstein's monster goes berserk. He exacts vengeance by killing Frankenstein's uh, wife and the, like the night of their wedding ooh bummer yeah and so warned him. so you have um you have this oh he's bad but is he really any worse than anybody else like uh, which which I like I like that part of the novel so I'm not sure I'm I'm exactly willing to to give that away just for uh, Frankenstein's monster to be more of a passive observer of everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd say passive observer in my setting, but we also don't have to dwell on my setting. Um, I'd be interested in hearing your ideas. It sounds like you're you're proposing something pretty faithful uh, to the novel. Well, uh, as far as themes, kind of what uh, Hannah and you talked about and Bryce talked about, but but I, I would rather bring it into more of a modern day setting. I don't know what that monster would look like. Uh, I even toyed around with, well, you know, a big part of the novel is this seeking of knowledge, right? And and he's seeking knowledge. And what is this kind of knowledge that we've been seeking lately? And I thought maybe we could go on the vein of like AI and, and we can't create some sort of sentient AI. And that's what is looked down upon. I'm not married to that. Uh, I already feel disappointed. Yeah. Because then there's no element of, like, grotesque disgust. Like, I think you have to have some sort of visual representation of this is not human, right? Or, like, Mm -hmm. this is not normal. I do like that you were just, he's a monster, and we're going to put him in the Old West. So... You know, if, if we can, you know, get somebody behind the camera and with the pen to make us suspend our disbelief just enough in the beginning that we're like, okay, this is a monster in whatever year we said it and we can believe sure. it, then we're good. Um, but I think a big thing in the in the book is 
is talking about blame uh, and fate versus free will. Uh, you know, as as Hannah said, the monster is very much well. I never chose to be created, and and uh, we live currently in in a culture that likes to blame and point fingers at other people mm-hmm. when things don't go our way, and and this has become not just on an individual level, but on a social and a political level of blame and pointing fingers. And so I think that's something that we can, um, you know, address in our updated version, which which going back to the horror movies, it was very much just, ooh, Frankenstein's monster is this grotesque creature. And that's all the further that they go. And I think that it's interesting that uh, that the book you know went deeper than that but the movie when they brought it to hollywood and a mass audience are like oh well you know we're not really going to talk a whole lot about this uh creator versus created thing we're just going to stick with ooh, it's an ugly monster and it's going to kill people and i think right there's not that reflection on the creator right uh one thing i did like about your western take bryce is that uh it was the hat right yes yes the hat (laughs) also though um uh nature nature yeah. is a big thing in the book and so i think it's a, that it's a romantic book not in love romance right. but romantic genre yeah and so making it this western setting which i think many in an american audience can relate to romanticizes the west oh uh, yeah uh we can you know use that to, to touch on that uh, nature is a place where we can self-reflect and where we can uh, seek refuge and and come up with some sort of conclusions and moving forward in our lives and uh, somehow bringing that into into the story as well. I do, you know, thinking, Josh, about your AI idea that I so immediately dismissed. You really did. <laughs> I'm, I'm backtracking now. Um it might actually, there might be something there because some argue that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is the first science fiction novel hmm. um, because the main character, Victor Frankenstein, is using science to make something, you know, like, like it's, that's the whole point. He's a, he's a scientist, he's at the university, he's doing these experiments, you know, so it's this, it, it's not science fiction how we view it today, but some argue that it kind of like, potentially could have started the genre in a way or at least could be argued to be the first science fiction along with you know it's definitely a horror horror gothic kind of novel but some argue that there's science fiction there so could we make it somehow more sci-fi sure like a little bit updated sci-fi for us uh i'm kind of thinking of blade runner as you're talking and how um these um, androids are considered a race and they are looked down upon by the human race. Sure. And they are subjugated to just being pushed off as this worker class uh, for the humans and um, so I don't, I don't know where else to go with that but that was a, yeah. maybe, something maybe, similar. Right. Yeah. Hmm. 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 I don't know. There might be something there. Um, I mean, I don't know if AI necessarily needs to be like a faceless interface, you know, if, if, and, and, uh, 
I guess the the problem with that would be how much we know about AI theoretically now is a lot more than like it's like than too like real or than artificial intelligence the movie you know that Spielberg movie that or Bicentennial Man you know right yeah. that doesn't quite hold up anymore right um, what well, I wonder if some of the you know if you have this body inhabited by some sort of artificial intelligence if there's actually a tell associated there and like that's what's um, uh, obscene or disturbing to people not necessarily the the physical appearance of this person but the fact that it's apparent in some way that like what resides inside them is unnatural sure hmm I don't know I just I'm kind of getting stuck a little bit in then you're just mass producing Frankenstein monsters essentially because why would there just be one AI being that doesn't make well sense. maybe Dr. Frankenstein decided the never first. to create another oh well, like just in modern like that's not how things work well yeah I guess <laughs> <laughs> like if we were setting it in in modern day right. right it would be mass produced it would be marketed it would be capitalism I mean we could we can write that out Fairly, we can have some kind of throwaway line that establishes that, right? I guess it just maybe seems a little unbelievable that like there would just be one AI creature in the whole mm-hmm. world. Um, he takes a magnet so to Doctor Frankenstein's floppy disks, yeah, and that's kind of my. I think maybe that's my hang-up more than AI in general, but just like how could there only be one? Sure, I'm just not sure how to get around that. I had a thought, and it's gone. What was my thought? It's probably really good. Yeah, so I, I, I too, like, I'm more open than to my initial reaction to kind of updating this with some kind of AI aspect to Frankenstein. But, yeah, I, I do struggle with the, um, I don't know, I guess for me, like, just the physicality seems so important. Okay, maybe we take it beyond AI. Maybe it's just fully lab-grown. Oh, a lab-grown human. Right, from Petri Dish and Victor, or whatever we decide to name him in this world, mm-hmm. is you know spends his entire career growing... Victoria, maybe. Maybe, growing body parts in the lab from nothing. You know, sure. From cells. So, like, that maybe puts then it's not necessarily AI, but you're still getting that science fiction. Right, and still that. And, and updating Unnatural it. human right. form. So, sh- you know, whoever the scientist is doesn't have to go out and rob graves to find body parts, which isn't actually a part of the novel. But anyway. <laughs> um, but um, I should read this book. Sounds all right. Is it? Actually, the creation of the creature is, like, not really explained at all. Like, hmm. there's just, like, a few sentences that, like, Dr. Frankenstein meticulously built each body part bit by bit and had had to enlarge it just for ease of working. Oh, sure. Um, And that's like kind of it. That's like all you really get. There's not a whole lot of detail into how this thing actually came to be. But I think the maybe the lab idea. Right. Gets us still in the science fiction realm. But that would explain why there's only one because it would be really expensive and hard. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it does get at some contemporary issues, mm-hmm. um, or at least like anxieties that people have. Right. Because yeah, there are segments of the population that would find, um, yeah, this being grown from cells in a lab even more disturbing than a being created from um, 
grave robbed body parts. Yeah, potentially. And then, you know, then I kind of like your idea, Bryce, of maybe there's some tell and maybe it's not horrific physical disfigurement, maybe Mm -hmm. just a disfigurement or some sort of clue that this is not a natural born human. Right. Because I, yeah. Because I feel like it has to be more apparent than like in Blade Runner. You know, where there's like, you, know, you need really sophisticated tests to, to figure out that this is right. an artificial being. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. This is hard, actually. I know. It's Making like, a movie. Ugh. ugh. Who thought this would be difficult? I don't know. You <laughs> asked the question. But to any like producers listening, ten thousand dollar cash advance, I'll get sure. to work on this. Uh, the, the, the western, script. yeah, the mm-hmm. yeah, the western mashup script. I'll I'll get to work on it. All right. Sorry, we continue interrupting the tale that you're weaving. No, I mean i I did not have I did not get down to plot and character parts of a good Frankenstein movie. I just was thinking of the thematic elements that that uh, would need to carry over for it to still be Frankenstein despite moving it into uh, an updated setting or um, an updated monster or whatever that looks like that however we update it. Um, which I think we need to. Um that uh kind of like with when we were talking about troll hunter how it doesn't quite translate uh for a an american audience i don't mm-hmm. think that the slower pace of the novel is going to translate to uh, a hollywood production so yeah i get um you know I, watching frankenstein this morning I totally was that that uh, viewer of, oh, well, first of all, they didn't even name him Victor. They named him Henry Frankenstein. <laughs> and uh, so that was just the first of many, well, that's not like the book. Well, that's not like the book. Well, in the book. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I was totally aware that I was doing that, so it makes it a little bit more okay. But... Uh, it also didn't really, and, and you know, you got to think. So the reason why I picked that one to watch is because it has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It is considered like the definitive Frankenstein movie of all the movies. And so, mm. if, so when Hannah posed the question, "What if we make a good Frankenstein movie?" I thought, well, I should probably watch a good Frankenstein movie, and that was considered the best Frankenstein movie. And sure. and I think. I think a lar- uh, big part of it is that it is a good Frankenstein movie, asterisk of its time. Right. Sure. And you can, like any movie, you have to take within the context of when it was made, obviously. And that's always the tough thing with some of the uh, older foundational yeah. films. Like, yeah, they are really significant for, you know, perhaps their contribution to cinema or, you know, or other artistic reasons, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like a thrilling watch to sit down yeah. now. There were good parts in it that I liked. And, you know, the classic, it's alive, it's alive part. That it's was uh, a good part to watch. Uh, but as far as, like, the whole thing for me, there was just um, a lot missing. 
and not just a lot missing, you know, from the book, but just a lot missing as far as what we come to expect about movies nowadays, and really getting into, um, you know, more character-driven mm-hmm. pieces, and there just there wasn't that in that movie, and so that's something that uh, I thought that we need to make sure to include in this one is that it's very much about establishing who these characters are who dr frankenstein is who frankenstein's monster is and what the landscape is that they are dealing with uh both frankenstein uh who who has to go up against society and saying you know you shouldn't be doing this and then frankenstein's monster who is going up in a society who says you shouldn't exist hmm And that's maybe my question for you, Bryce, in your universe, is how does your Frankenstein change and grow throughout the story? Because a character who has inability to do bad things uh, is pretty much as, like, that's a steady character. Like, that's that's your moral pillar, and, and that character's never moving, and probably not, like... Does does he get disenchanted somehow? Yeah, and, and so I'd say I'd say my even though my this version of Frankenstein has been created to like not have that whatever piece of man it is that makes him so wicked. I would not say he's a character who like never does bad things, but that he uh, lacks a certain base drive to do so. Um, but I think there will be throughout the film a uh, a growing sense of disenchantment, and so hope will actually I think diminish as this film goes on. And I honestly see it ending on kind of a, a bitter note. I don't know exactly what that is, but I don't see, um, just as in the story of the, the ongoing story of the American West, there's no happy resolution. I, um, I just thought of something. What if we scaled the story way, way down, and the story w- itself was just about uh, Frankenstein's monster meeting this one particular family out West and just helping them solve something. Like something is mm. wrong, and he kind of helps uh, be that moral fiber that that helps them uh, feel uh, encouraged to stand for their beliefs. But then, in the end, it's somehow revealed as a twist to them that oh, but Frank, but this is Frankenstein's monster, and he's not actually one of them. And the family then goes and turns on him, and he has to leave the yeah. town. And, and that's how the movie ends. Um, it's like just that, yeah, he did all this good, but then when they found out, you know, the truth or whatever, they turned their back on him too. I could potentially mm-hmm. see that. What kind of conflict do you think you'd envision? I don't know. Or what problem? The, what, what I kind of thought was, have you seen Logan? Yes. Yes. Uh, Finally, a movie that Josh asks if we've seen it and we can say I, yes. I did see that movie. Yes, we did. I love and it's Logan. It's good. It's so good. And I, I, was, was, I, d- I didn't like it as much as I expected to like it, but I really liked it. Sure. Uh, but I was thinking of the family that he meets on the highway and oh, everything yeah. that happens in that section of it is very much... Uh, could be kind of like... Because Logan is kind of this monster. Uh, yeah. And he is tormented by the fact that, you know, that he... Uh, lives forever well that he lives much longer than everybody else and so he's seen everybody that he knows die and uh, you know everything else that's in that movie uh, 
there are, there are parallels to Frankenstein's mm-hmm. monster and mm-hmm. and to Logan there, and so I think you could kind of uh, take some of those beats and and intertwine them into our Frankenstein movie. Yeah, I'd see that. Question about your potential like modern present day setting of Frankenstein, and this is gonna sound like a joke question, but it's not. Um, so don't laugh. Do not laugh. In your in if you were to set Frankenstein in a modern contemporary modern day setting, uh, would your Frankenstein text? Hmm. Would there be at any point in this movie? How and I guess that's a, a broader question. How would you address technology? Well, yeah. How or? how would your Frankenstein's monster? Sorry, Frankenstein's monster uh, interact or address technology? Uh, that's a good question that I had not uh, thought about, but we can certainly talk about it here right now. Uh, did you have a thought before you posed that question? No, not really, but it's something I'm thinking about just because, yeah, if you're going to... Maybe his thumbs are too big. Maybe so. Sorry, phones are huge now. <laughs> but if you're... You can get a nice iPhone uh, yeah. 10S Max X, yes. uh, plug. Okay. Each... Each key on the keyboard is mm-hmm. an inch across. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're going to look at what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to be created in the present day setting, you really do have to look at uh, the human relationship to technology because it's not just something we use. It's a um, for at least the way we tend to live our lives here, a part of what it is to be human in this setting. Yeah. And so I think some of that interaction, especially if... Uh, Frankenstein is a creature created of science, is a, an expression of technology in his own sense. I think potentially that interaction becomes salient. And kind of potentially explore maybe what's become trite now, but kind of this like, does technology help or harm in human relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't want to get too far into that because right. it's like, yeah, we talk about that all the time, but I think it's still valuable questions, kind of. And so maybe. Maybe the creature can kind of be somehow discovering these things, right? That like, oh, you know, this is actually hindering. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's too on the nose. Right. You'd want to be pretty. It has subtle. Subtlety. Yeah. If he was really good at technology, I guess we would need to establish you know what what that technology is going to do for the story you know i mean are we just going to take a a two minute break in whatever's going on and be like uh so you know frankenstein's monster have you heard about texting and sending gifs (laughs) (laughs) but you know introducing frankenstein's monster to reddit oh boy There you go. Movie done. Maybe the reason that people reject Frankenstein's monsters, whatever artificial electrical impulses power his brain, interfere with the Wi-Fi. Ah, there you go. Every coffee shop he goes into. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing, like, more and more in movies, the um, movie makers do have to address, like, okay, people interact with each other via technology that does not necessarily display itself well on screen. Um, I think, actually, shows have been... Um, kind of really on the cutting edge of different ways of depicting this, especially like uh, texting mm-hmm. and conversations like that. I think about like Jane the Virgin, if anybody watches that, is really good at the way they depict texting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it, it this text conversation just pops up on the screen in right. the little bubbles, you know, so it's colored and you can follow who's saying what. And and so to an extent in some movies, it's conspicuous if characters like don't, don't. use technology in that way um, or in a way as frequently as we would just because it can be difficult to communicate that. So not to say that, you know, we need uh, Frankenstein's monster like sending emojis and that sort of thing. But I feel like that can potentially be made into a, a salient question about the modern condition. I'd like to see his Instagram condition. account. Hmm. There you don't could, know how to use Instagram. I don't. I've never been on it. There could be a, a scene where Frankenstein's monster sends an emoji that is Frankenstein's monster. Oh, that's right. Whoa. There is a little Frankenstein one, I think. There you go. Yeah. Another important question is in your respective movies or in the movies we're making the title of your movie or rather would there be and what would be the subtitle to your movie right because of course Mary Shelley uh, Mary Shelley's modern novel was Prometheus. the modern Prometheus yes so it's quite the subtitle it, it is that's a meaty subtitle it is. there and and so I, I wonder if you would uh, if your movie even just the the title or anything within the movie would uh, nod towards that or if that's something you've considered it's not something I've considered mm. but I'll consider it now you should read the book see sometime what happens. I read the cover just just recently because <laughs> um, this is an opportunity to like rescue the word Prometheus in the movie world <laughs> And perhaps get away from the word Frankenstein, right? Because if you just name a movie Frankenstein, like, Mm -hmm. I think people probably have quite a few conceptions heading in about what that movie will be. Um, Yeah, I don't know. A brilliant thought, I know. I'm not surprised it's stumped us. Uh, It's stumped. Yeah, we're stumped. There was a a lot of silence. (laughs) Are, I okay never yeah that was a stupid stupid thought I was gonna say are movies really even subtitled anymore but then I was like yes literally every movie has like a subtitle to not it. every not, movie like sometimes like, just a name and like a tagline tag but not line, necessarily like a formal yeah. subtitle I guess not but I, I think about like Avengers Infinity Wars like that's a, a tagline right. more or not it's the no name that's of, part it's of the, the name of yep. the movie but like but yeah, no, I'd say that kind of functions a as subtitle? a subtitle. So a lot of movies do that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Right. Yeah. Uh, I th- think, I think that uh, it would depend on it would depend on how much we're going to include Doctor Frankenstein in the movie. Because the, the book is named after the doctor, and he right. is the modern Prometheus. Whereas if we're doing this sort of Western uh, thing that Bryce is offering, there is very little Frankenstein, uh, Dr. Frankenstein in there. And so maybe we would just want to, <laughs> you know, we're going to have a, have a, a nameless... Uh, monster, maybe there is no title and it's just blank. Would you like to go see <laughs> that movie? I have to believe that some movie has tried to do something yeah, along those lines. There's got to be some college kids somewhere who did that mm-hmm. for school. Tough to copyright. Yeah. Another question I had for for Josh's world, not a question, but like a, a thought. 
um, kind of when you were talking about technology, Bryce, and, and you had joked about the, the creature sending a Frankenstein emoji. So, like, maybe maybe Frankenstein already exists in, in my, so like, this isn't the first Frankenstein, right? Like this isn't the, or the novel at least exists in the world. So like Frankenstein is a cultural thing in this modern day setting of the movie. And so maybe, maybe there's no literal person named Frankenstein. Maybe we might not be a high on Frankenstein. Somebody's name, the modern Frankenstein. There you go. Yeah. Ah. Um so then so then like maybe this this created being is like comparing themselves to Frankenstein. Right. Or like, you know, or being compared to Or maybe you never even mentioned the word Frankenstein in the movie. But yeah. the but the comparison But the comparison there. is there, right. And maybe there's yeah, maybe the the created is kind of making these these connections. Yeah. To I don't know why I'm so into not saying the word Frankenstein. Right? Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Okay. No, that's an interesting idea. Right? So, so, like, what if Frankenstein already Frank- exists? Right. It's right. not literally Frankenstein's monster, right. but we're getting a, an expression of that. Uh, right. So, like, if, what if, if we Frankenstein it the already created, the created, the created. Mm. or you could call the movie Prometheus. A but not Fra- that one. <laughs> yeah. Prometheus <laughs> colon a modern Frankenstein. Whoa. You know, the s- a, switch the them up. Switcheroo. The old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. But yeah, maybe I kind of like this idea of like setting it in modern times and not denying that like Frankenstein exists as a cultural thing in the world. Right. I kind I kind of like that. I could get behind that. Yeah. Or we could so even do it as an alternative, uh, an alternate reality where the the book exists but not any of the movies films sure yeah, yeah. but and there so is there is a cultural this new creator to try and create oh you know this book i'm going to try this and This sounds do it. like a good idea <laughs> Yeah Yeah re- worked out so re- well for this guy yeah. But yeah maybe the book did not achieve the notoriety it has now and so it's languished right. in obscurity until discovered by Oh there you go Yes yeah. Okay, there's something going I, here. That, that might be kind See, of See, it a pays cool... just to spin your wheels yeah, for a we're while. we're just spitballing here, folks. Aren't you glad to hear it? <laughs> That's why this isn't a live stream. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of like that idea of like addressing that, that Frankenstein is a cultural thing, and this is not that, but it's, right. it's nodding to. Yeah. And then yeah. you then you still have all the freedom in the world to address those same thematic elements that right. that I think are are crucial that we need to grasp onto because mm-hmm. most of the representations in media don't. It's just a horror movie about a monster. You right. know, you don't get those cool themes that you need. I think. Yeah, I'm kind of down with that. Another scene in my Western version oh boy. is definitely a shootout of some sort or a gunfight, um, which turn around, draw, Frankenstein gets shot like straight up in the chest, but he's like an undead monster dude, so nothing happens. <laughs> just, a little, just a little little scene I want in there. I had had some other notions about Frank, like a version in which Frankenstein basically becomes a more Van Helsing type, like hunting other uh. monsters out of like dis- uh, certain um, despising. To, yeah. Um, but I discarded that. That's probably fine. I, I think, think so. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah. What job would modern day 
creature have? Like, what would what would Frankenstein's monster do for work and today? Yeah, that's a good question. What what would his day look like? Is, Where does uh, he get his coffee? <laughs> are we doing one who can actually talk? Oh, I think yeah, yeah. I think it has to be able to talk. Sure. I think it has to be intelligent. Telemarketer. <laughs> Radio host. <laughs> that's that's hardly a job anymore. I know. Yeah, who, do you, Josh? You usually have thoughts about like directors and whatnot. Have you ever had any thoughts about who you would have direct this hypothetical modern day modern day Frankenstein film? You know, I I kind of reserved judgment on that until we had something more fleshed out as far as where we wanted to take this. Uh, but based on what we have so far. Uh, if I was to say we were going to do the modern one, um, I almost would have said Ridley Scott, but his past few movies haven't been great, so Mm. I'm not going to say Ridley Scott. Um, If, uh, you know, we always come back to the well with this one, uh, but we could have our old pal Denny. Denny! Oh, Denny, yeah. I, th- I really feel like we should meet this guy. I think like, so, too. I think we should just set up a meeting, just say, hey, you might be our favorite director. Yeah. Have our people call Denny's people. Yeah. Uh, for the Western... Um, I can look up a couple names. What about say, actors? Who directs? What, 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 who, who would you like to see as the face of Frankenstein's monster? Ooh. Did you give any thoughts to that? I mean, definitely with my earlier thoughts about Shuler Hensley. Um, Is he like, getting kind of old? Probably. But dude's going to be in a lot of makeup. Yeah. Are they? Um, and maybe that's part of the Western thing. Maybe Frankenstein's aging. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's some of the exigence here. Frankenstein's aging. So he decides to take on the Wild West? Well, <laughs> we'll nuance it. We'll fix that. And once I get the advance for the script and start we'll writing, figure I'll figure out. that sort of thing out. Well, maybe yeah. maybe it's that uh, th- that over the better parts of his life, he has been, been um, subject to all this ridicule. And so he finds that seeking uh, refuge in nature, going west... He hopes to find live out his there. last days in mm-hmm. peace. But a then potential he finds another that idea it's no better out there. Yeah, another idea I did reject, um, but directly related to my Western idea was making this basically a direct sequel to the 2004 Van Helsing. Because in the weird ass ending to that movie, um, Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster is just on this tiny little raft. Yeah, and so like opening on this movie, Eastern Shore see. of the United States, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster's Same tiny little raft, raft. yeah, <laughs> washes up ashore, <laughs> dink into Ellis Island, <sighs> <laughs> which would be especially actually well no it's too ridiculous I don't like it but if you like don't point out any other connection between right, the films that's at all just the only it'll only thing. be the people who saw this terrible 2004 film yes. they're like wait, wait a, a minute. minute this looks weirdly familiar okay I've got a director for um for your western Bryce and uh that is Taylor Sheridan he uh 
Ah, yes, Taylor Sheridan. <laughs> yes. He uh, wrote and directed and then also just wrote uh, some movies. So he kind of feels that this uh, these three movies that he wrote in particular, one of which he directed, uh, are, are kind of a trilogy, kind of like the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz, um, Shaun of the Dead, and The World's End, where they're loosely connected, uh, okay. just thematically and actor-wise. Uh, Taylor Sheridan considers Sicario, Hell or High Water, and a movie called Wind River uh, as his sort of trilogy-ish. Um, and uh, so Hell or High Water and Wind River, I think, uh, most notably, speak to this sort of uh, modern Western uh, take. Uh, even though yours is in the past Western, I think mm-hmm. he, could, he, he has... Uh, he has experience with westerns and with that uh, sort of natural um, setting. Yeah. I'm open to it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a big part of your movie, Bryce, would be the landscape. And I, think I think so, and I need... didn't know that until Josh had pointed yeah, it out. I think that's a really good point. And so I think you would need a director and like cinematography that really captures the expanse, the mm-hmm. openness, the kind of isolation, and yet we're finding these conflicts even in the midst of what should be right. you know, desolation. Right, because that would be a lot of my goal in this film is to paralli- uh, parallel... Uh, Frankenstein's kind of journey and disappointment in trying to leave the um, the dense disease-ridden mass of humanity in both Europe and the East in hopes of finding this new beginning in the West. Um, but again, with this parallel finding, that's not the case. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think um, highlighting the landscape in that way yeah. um, is important. And like lots of blank noise, too, mm-hmm. or not blank noise, but just like the noise of the prairie or the desert or wherever. Yep. Actually you the, know. um, so not sparse music. Yep. You know, the, you know, uh, similar to the soundtrack the from talking, the way you're talking. I know you didn't like the movie, Hannah. And I don't, I think you I know what you're going to say is, uh, is the revenant. Uh, you could get, I, yeah, I love the music from the revenant. The music and the, the, the cinematography, cinematography yep. is fine. I just don't like the plot or the acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the the straight into the camera stare at the end. Why? Why? Come on. But yeah, no, I actually agree. That, kind of that, that approach tone, to the landscape and to the music. Yeah, yep, that I think tone would work of really movie well. would work well. Um, or the music in uh, that Tommy Lee Jones film we just the watched. Holmesman. Yep, The Homesman. Yep. Uh, the music that in there would music. work. And actually some of the shots in there, yep. that sort of thing would work well too. Yeah. Kind of emphasizing the starkness. Yeah. You know you know whose take I think would be interesting to get from this movie too would maybe be the Coen brothers. Oh. oh. It'd be yeah, I, it'd be a wackadoo. I, I, I well, think take it o- it's like always a, interesting. No country for old men is yeah, a, you that's know, a more modern western and, yeah. and they've got that uh they can do a serious take but also have it be be black and I think yeah. that that you need that with this. I think this is yep. more of a uh, an amoral mirror on society more so than a hopeful tale. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it has to end yep. bleakly. Yep. Yeah, it has to end on a downer for sure. Absolutely. And they do that well. Yes. Yeah. 
No, that that would be. Hey, let's write them all up. All right. Shoot them an email. See what they think. Yep. Hey, y'all. Do we want Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones to be the monster? He's got a. M- so this is like no, his face is kind of wrinkly. Halfway there. <laughs> he's got a. He's older than. Yeah. Uh, what's his what's face? His certainly. Yeah. Well, if you wanted um, an older Frankenstein. That's true. For yours. I will put Tommy Lee Jones in anything. To be honest, I, I, yeah. I really like Tommy Lee Jones. Pretty much. And based on the homesman, dude can still move. Yeah. He dances around that. He does. Well, so is it okay if I kind of close this yeah, up? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. So those are some of our ideas for a good Frankenstein film. It Hopefully really sound- a good one. I think so. I think we got so, some good yeah. ideas here. And really two different films we're proposing. Um, one modern day one that really stays uh, true to the, the themes in Mary Shelley's work. And then one Frankenstein Western mashup. That charts kind of a depressing progression of the American West. So if either of those, or if one of those uh, sounds better to you than the other, or if you have a completely different idea, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do that via... Well, you can do that on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatifmoviepod, or on Twitter at what mood. Ooh, oh no, I was going to do it. it I took the cue at whatifmoviepod. Or on our website, whatifmoviepod.com. Yeah. Uh, thanks for, like, running with that. I know that was really vague. Topic, oh, I liked it. Like a, like a weird one for us, but I I really enjoyed our brainstorming. It turned out better than I thought it would. Yeah, Especially when we kind of let it roll a little bit, and I think with some editing... It'll be great. It'll be a nice little episode. <laughs> what are um, we talking about next time, guys? What are we talking about next time? Next time, it's uh, my turn to pose a question, and I am posing, what if The Last Jedi were episode seven in this sequel trilogy? What mm. if The Last Jedi... I have to write this down. Okay. Josh, would you text me the question? Sure. <laughs> Thanks. Ooh, that yeah, we've... Been so careful, I feel like, to stay away from The Last Jedi so I think, far. I think we're removed enough now that we can look at it again with uh, eyes that aren't so tainted by the negative... Neg- yeah. The negative uh, atmosphere so this, of the internet. Is this a, th- a, th- a question assuming that... that Force Awakens episode seven doesn't exist. Like Force Awakens doesn't exist. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this is a hard start to uh, to the sequel trilogy. Maybe we have some, to adjust some things. Maybe there needs to be a, a little bit more explanation. There definitely needs to be some more expo- uh-huh. exposition uh-huh. in some places. But uh, yeah. So what if that? What if this was the start to the sequel trilogy? What if Last mm. Jedi were were the episode seven? Well, I'll have to go back and listen to our What If one-off and our reactions to The Last Jedi, as everyone else should, too. Uh, start kick-starting my thoughts about that. Sounds like we're going to have to watch some movies. Oh boy. oh, boy. But until such a day comes, about two weeks from now, I'm Bryce. I'm Hannah. And I'm Josh. And this is the What If Movie Pod. On your public radio station. I don't know, a little different outro. Brought to you by viewers like you. Viewers like you. Get the What If Movie Pod tote 
listeners like you. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I suppose listeners I like I you. Suppose. Uh, too far, guys. It's never too far. <laughs> That's not true. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>